Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. In this episode, we get to hear from a press and publicity expert who specializes in pet stories and brands. Learn how to translate your popular social media posts into press coverage, what you need to include in a pitch email, and also hear about how you can use the media to make a difference in pets and people's lives. Today's guest is also a pet blogger, and she has some great suggestions to get your own pet blog filled with engaging stories. Rachel Spencer is a freelance journalist and pet blogger who specializes in writing about pets and people doing amazing things for animals, and she helps petpreneurs win media coverage. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Tori. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's lovely oh, to yes. meet you. I'm so excited to talk to you, and um, I, you know, I've we've so much to talk about. You know, I've I've been blogging for a while, and I think that there's definitely people listening here who um, have blogs or maybe have a blog as part of their business website. Um, and you know, I think a lot of us forget about traditional media um, and doing like press pitching and that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to talk about all the things that you do. Thank you. But yes, I, I have a blog too, and um, and quite often things that I do on my blog, I'll then re-pitch, um, and they'll go into newspapers as well. So the more blogging you do, the more um, the more ideas you have, and the more likelihood I think there is of you getting media coverage. So if your listeners are bloggers and they're they're working hard on the blog, sometimes you know, um, you kind of have a blog, and it's like a passion project, isn't it? And it's just your baby, but actually it can lead to media coverage, and I think when you are pitching to journalists, if you've got a blog, it's a really great thing for them to be able to find because it, it shows, you know, you are who, you know, it, it just really shows your personality and that kind of thing. So yeah, keep on absolutely. blogging. Yeah. And it, and it shows like, you know, that you've been at it for a while and that you have lots of ideas and you can write short things or long things or, mm. you know, whatever. Definitely. So t- take us like back in time a little bit and tell us about how how you were inspired to focus on pets and people working with pets. Was it a dog of your own that inspired you to sort of go in this direction? Yeah, so 10 years ago it is now, um, my old dog Daisy came into my life. Um, and at the time I was working as a freelance journalist and I was always really busy, always in my car, sitting outside houses and doing jobs that sometimes were you know quite difficult Um, and then Daisy came into my life and then I thought well I've got this dog now she was my friend's dog and my friend had a baby and then I looked after her for a few weeks and then she stayed with me forever Um, so I thought well I've got this little dog now I can't go and sit in my car all day I need to be at home and looking after her so I kind of changed the direction of my business and I started doing more work at home so I didn't like leaving her she went into daycare a couple of times a week but that that would be it Um, and then I, because I had a dog of my own, I don't, we had a family dog when I was growing up, because I had my own dog, I kind of, you know, you, you, you find all the dog products and you find these cool things to do with your dog, like, uh, you know, I've done things like dog Reiki, um, you know, all kinds of events and like running with her and stuff. And I thought, you know, I can write about these things. And then with social media, because you've got a dog and you're sharing your dog, you, 
attracted all these other dog people, don't you? And these dog, just you find out about all these things. So I started writing more about dogs. And then I started writing about, you know, charities and rescues and all kinds of different things. So my work kind of went, I think probably about five years ago, it was 15% animals and then 85% other stuff. And now I'd say it's about 85% animals and 15% other stuff, which is what I absolutely love. So that's my, um, that's my story in a, in, that's a shorthand version. Um, so yeah, so that's how come I ended up where I am today. Um, so I write a lot about pets, but I also help pet brands um, kind of work out what their story is and what stories they can tell in the media as well. I think that's so interesting. So um, how do you approach someone if someone's like, has a wonderful brand, but they're not really communicating it well? Like, what are some of the questions that you ask them to kind of help figure out what the pitch is going to be to the media? Like, how can how can someone kind of like do this themselves? Like, what questions would they ask themselves? Well, I'm really lucky because most of the people I work with come come to me. I don't pitch very often. Um, but I think the main, what, whenever I go and work with the new pet brands and I might look at them and think, okay, these are, you know, this is what you're putting out there or on your social media, or maybe they're already doing press releases. And I'll kind of take a look at that and think, okay, what can we do with this? Um, and quite often there'll be, there'll be a story there, but it will just need a little bit of, it just needs a little bit of a lift. So recently, for example, I did a story about, um, lone, about people who are over 55 and loneliness. Um, and there's been some research talking about how, the emotions that people who are over 55 feel, um, so, you know, feeling lonely, feeling, um, maybe feeling depressed, feeling like they want to get out, but they, they find it overwhelming or intimidating, they can be really, they can be alleviated by having a pet. So there was this research saying, this is what lonely people think, these are the hurdles that they're trying to overcome, and actually having a pet can help them overcome them. And it had the research there, but it didn't have the stories there. So I said, okay, to this brand, we need some people to tell their stories and tell exactly how their pet transformed their life so it always with me it always comes back to stories so it's either a story within the brand so it might be um, somebody's created a, a pet tech product because of an illness their pet had or it could be a story um it could it could be a story about where a particular brand has helped somebody so it's that kind of case study that success story but you don't want it to be too silly it has there has to be that kind of human interest story in there somewhere so that's kind of how I work. So I, if people are kind of, they feel like they're, they're communicating, but they're not getting, you know, they're not reaching, they're not achieving what they want to achieve. They're not getting media coverage. They're not getting in the paper or magazine. I'll kind of take it back and go, right, tell me everything about your business. And then it will sometimes be those tiny little things that people just think are really insignificant that you go, hang on a minute, that's the story. This is what we need to focus on. So that's kind of how it works. That's so interesting. And I, and I love that how important like authenticity is because I see that in social media, you know, people who are just selling stuff blatantly with no story, it doesn't really explode. It doesn't really go viral. doesn't really get a lot of engagement, but if you share some sort of like authentic story, it, you can really, you know, uh, relate to people and get them more excited about what you're doing. And I found in interviewing people on this podcast, I always, you know, we always talk about business and then we always talk about their dogs. And when, yeah. I, start, when I start asking about dogs, everyone just lights up. So, you know, it, it goes to show how important that, you know, that relationship between you and your dog and it, it has to have something to do with why we're all doing what we're doing now. So, you know, it makes sense to incorporate that story into your publicity. Definitely. Yes. If I, um, 
I have had people in the past who've come to me and said, right, I want you to help me get some media coverage. And then I've said, okay, tell me your story. And they've said, I don't want to talk about myself or I don't want to be photographed. And I've said, we are really limited here. And to be, to be honest, um, I, I, can't, I find it really hard to work with people who aren't prepared to. I think, it, I think times have changed, certainly with um, you know, millennials and, and younger people. They're very much, you know, they're happy to put themselves out there. But um, I've worked with people who might be a bit more mature um, and they've not been so keen. Um, so whenever anyone comes to me, the first thing I would ask would be, are you happy to talk about your story and what brought you here today? Um, so that's always a really good place to start. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, and, and you touched a little bit on um, sending out press releases. How important is it to send out press releases or can people just kind of rely on direct messages on social media? Well, okay, so I don't know. I need to do some research as to how it works over in America, but in England, um, we are quite traditional in how we like to be approached. So there are a lot of stories that you see that are pet related that get picked up from social media. So, you know, it might be an amazing story about a dog who, um, you know, might have been found in, found in a swamp and then other dogs helped him get out or something. So that goes viral on social media. Now, if it was a dog walker who'd stumbled across that story and they'd, they'd got the photos or the video of it happening, then they would be the person who would be interviewed for that story. So that's kind of happened kind of organically through social media. So that's brilliant. However, the other way to go about that would be maybe the dog walker, if the dog walker was from like the village where I live, they might ring up their local paper and say, I've got a story for you um, about this. You know, we found this poor dog in a swamp. This is completely off the top of my head. So please excuse it for being so random. Um, so yeah, so that, so sometimes people get stories from social media and sometimes people will approach the press, approach the media directly. Um, so I think a combination of this, if you're putting out really great content on social media and you've got something that's going really well on social media that a lot of people are engaging with, they're the things that you should think, hang on a minute, this could be a story. Um, so like one of my clients, for example, she runs a boutique dog hotel and she had she her old dog she's got these she has dandy dinmonts which are quite a rare breed over here um anyway her she's got she had four of them and her oldest one passed away a few months ago and she was called fudge anyway she had a client come to the dog hotel and she looked exactly like fudge and this this lady claire she kept saying oh my gosh that you know your dog looks so like fudge i think they must be related and then this lady went away and she checked her um her kennel club records and it turned out that they both had the same mum so it was amazing. So they were sisters, um, but from obviously, you know, there's 10 years between the litters. So that went on oh Facebook. I know. So that went on Facebook and then that turned into a press release because I said to Claire, this is a really good story. You know, you found your, lot, your late dog's long lost sister. So you can do that as press release. Um, so the short answer to it is um, send press releases by all means if you've got an announcement or maybe you're having an event um, but also think about the things that people really the stories that people really love and then think actually this could be a press release um, so we're talking lots about storytelling here if you, you're telling stories on your social media page so if you're getting loads of engagement then think hang on a minute this could be something i can turn into a news story or a press release um, and what i would say again um, i've been doing some training with my community about this um, if you have there are some journalists who would be quite happy to if you sent them the Facebook link and said, look, this has gone wild on Facebook. I think it might be a story where it's, there are other journalists who might be like, oh, OK, well, if everyone's seen it on Facebook, I'm not sure that it's a story for us. So what I would always suggest people do is to repackage it slightly. So if um, like my lady with finding her late dog's long lost sister, 
um, she would put, put together an email pitch. So basically give the outline of the story and send it to the journalist and the journalist can say, actually, yeah, that sounds lovely. I'd love to interview you or come and take some photos. Um, I think the prep, there's a lot of pressure that you have to write press releases unless it's like something really, you know, really, say if you've got an event or a launch or something like that where you really feel I've got to have a press release about this, this is what I need to do as part of my, you know, promoting schedule. Don't, or you don't have to rely on press releases when it comes to stories. You can just put a pitch together. And then if the journalist comes back and says, actually, I'd rather have a press release on this, you then say, okay, I'll, I'll write you a press release. But quite often they just want to see maybe 100, 200 words, what the story is, and then they can go away and think, right, okay, we like it. We're going to go and interview them. We might go and video them, photograph them, and so on. Um, so don't, yes, long and short story is don't feel pressured to write press releases about everything. If you've got a great story, just give them the outline. That's so good, because I think that it can be intimidating to write a press release. Um, yep. You know, for a lot of people, they don't, they've never done it before and they don't know how. So writing an email is something we all are capable of doing. <laughs> um, is there anything in that email? I mean, obviously, you want to include the basics, right? Like the who, what, where, when, why. Is there anything, like, should you include a quote or should you always make sure to include photos or is that kind of unnecessary? Um, yes, definitely the who, where, when, why, what, how, um, absolutely. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, maybe include a quote. I always say to put a picture in if you're sending an email pitch because people always want to see the, the person involved. Um, the other thing that's important as well is to put people, when you, if you do write a press release, so you write a story up, always put people's ages in. So if you think, if a war, so if, if you had a story about Rachel who ran a marathon with her dog, and I'm Rachel and I'm 43, but um, if it was Rachel, if I was 83 and I ran a marathon with my dog, that would be much more of a story than me at 43. So do you know what I mean? So if, if there's something, just think, imagine you telling, imagine when you're sending your email pitch, just to keep it really simple, imagine you're really excited and you're telling your friend about something amazing that happened if you're meeting them in a coffee shop or in, in a pub or wherever, and just kind of write it like you would do if you were writing to a friend. Obviously not too informal, but you know, this is what happened. Be excited about it. Be, um, make it fun. You know, be, be enthusiastic. Have all that in your email. Don't be like, oh, this, you know, don't be boring. Because remember, journalists get loads of boring press releases all the time. So when you rock up with a lovely story about a dog or something amazing, you've got lovely photos, they're going to be like, oh, thank goodness for that. We've got something lighthearted to write about. So journalists love pet stories. So really, um, you know, there's so much, so much that you can do that. Wonderful. So, so you've been a, a traditional journalist at covering all sorts of topics as well as now you said 85% pets, but you also launched your own blog. So tell us a little bit about your blog and, and what we can find there. Okay. So in 2017, I had um, the idea to launch a blog um, and it was more because I was getting so many stories and I couldn't always get them in a newspaper or magazine, but I thought, I know I want these stories to be told and why don't I just have my own platform and I was getting um, you know brands were sending me things to try out and I couldn't always get them in a paper but I thought you know I can have my own blog and I can tell my own stories in the way I want to tell them um, and it's been brilliant I've really loved it um, really really enjoyed it and what I love is just and you'll know as well because you've got your blog on your podcast you can you, you know, if I want to write 2,000 words about something, about a dog charity or something, then I can do. Um, and I've, I've had some great stories on there that have then been followed up by TV shows over here uh, and other newspapers and magazines. And 
like, I kind of do them in my own way, um, and I've worked, like helped raise money for people and that kind of thing. And it's just been just been brilliant, and it's helped me connect with brands. And I've done all kinds of great things from the blog. Had a couple of lovely um, little like hotel reviews and things where you go to really nice dog friendly places. Um, so yeah, I really really love it. It's my kind of passion project, like I said before. But it's just great, and I now try and get pet businesses to blog. So whenever people come to me, I'll say, if you're not already blogging, you need we need to get blogging before we do anything, because it really just really does help with them, with the storytelling and with them working out what's the story and with the media coverage. So yeah, I love blogging. It's great. So um, you just kind of touched on this, but if a if a pet brand were to start a blog, I hear from people all the time that. Who, who own businesses, who aren't really bloggers, but they're business owners, mm-hmm. that like they don't know what they would blog about. <laughs> they're like, what am I going to write about? Um, even though they might be really successful and great at their business, it just kind of stumps them because it's just a different skill set. It's a different like mindset. So do you have any advice on what someone would blog about? Okay, well, I'm doing a blogging course at the moment, actually, with four different pet businesses. So I've got a dog tra- two dog trainers, um, and a lady who paints pet portraits and um i've also done this course with a lady who does who runs a cattery and um and then my other lady in the group she makes dog accessories so dog walking bags that kind of thing so the first thing i say when they do my blogging course is what are the 10 questions that you get asked over and over again and they are your first 10 blogs and then i um talk about you know there's so many things that you can write about. So you can write personal stories. You can write um, dog-friendly stories about your local area. You can use a media diary where you have awareness days. Like um, it's Dog Photography Day. Um, it's a National Dog Photography Day in a few weeks here. So we're all going crazy about this day. It's an awareness day that um, a lady in my community created. So you can go for your media diary. You can find things in there to write about. And the thing, the thing is, is just, you know, put your personality into it. It doesn't have to be very kind of formal and serious. You can just be you and just write about whatever you want to write about. Like the lady who runs a cattery, she wrote about cat Reiki and it's just that post has gone crazy. People loved it. And she's ended up being her and the lady who does the Reiki are going into your cat magazine, which is a really big magazine here in the UK. So just write about, write about the thing, write about the problems that your customers have and how you solve them. Um, and just think about, you know, if you've say for the cat the cattery example again, wait, I have running, to interrupt you really quickly. Sorry, what, what is a cattery? Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. It's like a it's like a cat hotel. So it's oh. like kennels for cats. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for my English Englishisms. No, um, I lo- it's like sounds lovely. It's like a cattery, oh. but well, you need yeah, you need to see this place. It is amazing. So it's this boutique cat hotel. It's beautiful. She spent so much money making it, and it's gorgeous. So she um, did, she wrote some, she's written loads of brilliant blogs and also write your story as well. So I was just talking about, you know, sharing your story. So we all have like our about page and sometimes, you know, you read them and it's boring. And these people have got great stories to tell. So I say, do your about page, tell a bit of it there and then do a big blog post about your story and what your kind of your why. Um, So yeah, I, um, I have so many ideas um, because that's what I do. And I think once you just, once you get in the habit of getting ideas, it becomes easy. Once um, you get the ball rolling. Yeah. You'll know from doing your blog and also interview people who your audience are interested in. So yes. I um, was listening to your podcast and you had Holly from Teddy Maximus on, didn't yes. you? Oh, I, love, I love her stuff. We've got all kinds of uh, Teddy Maximus stuff. So, so yeah, interview brands that you like as well. Um, it opens so many doors and collaborate with 
people in your community. So if you're a dog walker, collaborate with a dog groomer who's nearby and dog photographers and other people who are going to have the same, who are going to be serving the same people as you do. And then you can all refer each other and help each other. Yeah. And I, I personally keep um, like a, a little list. I use a, an app called Trello that yep. lets you keep to-do lists and things like that. And I'm always just going in there. I have like a huge list of potential blog post ideas because some, I, you know, another thing I do is I look at a lot of Facebook groups mm-hmm. of like dog moms or Labrador owners or pet bloggers or whatever. And I see what questions mm. people are asking in there. Um, and yeah, you know, just to give an example, I was seeing probably at least once a week, someone in some dog mom group, and these groups have like, some of them have like 16,000 members, they're huge. Um, and so people were always asking, what vacuum cleans up dog hair? Um, what's the best vacuum? And all these people would chime in and would get so many comments and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I have a great vacuum. I did a lot of research on which vacuum to buy. And so I did a whole big blog post of like four or five tools to get dog hair out of everything in your life. Mm. (laughs) And, um, and I, it's like 2000 words about vacuums and sweaters and lint rollers and all this stuff. And I couldn't believe what a long blog post I wrote about getting dog hair out of stuff. Um, but now, you know, it's like giving the people what they want. And that's Mm. probably not a topic that I would on my own think, oh gosh, I'm going to write a blog post about vacuums. But when I saw people almost every week are asking about it, um, it, it makes a lot of sense to write about that. And, um, you know, I'm not selling vacuums, but hopefully it will turn into a lot of traffic for my site and just sort of like build up my awareness. Oh my gosh, definitely. That's such a great idea. And it's really helpful as well. And also breed specific because you've got Labradors, haven't you? So, you know, um, if you're in any Labrador groups, because I know that they do, I've got, I've had terriers, so they shed hair as well, but Labradors are obviously bigger. Yeah. But you're going to be, then you're a trusted source of information for Labrador owners, aren't you? It's a brilliant idea. And yeah, sometimes the, the ideas that you just think, oh, shall I try this? Are the ones that go crazy, aren't they? Yeah. And, and I, I, when I first started writing it, I'm like, what am I going to say about this? And it ended up being such a long <laughs> post. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did something about black dog, um, black dog awareness. Oh no, black dog syndrome. You know where black dogs and black, black cats as well are overlooked in animal shelters. Yes. I did that, did that last year and it was, I think it was something like black animal awareness day or something like that but it went crazy it went crazy in america um not so much over here but i interviewed some really good experts over here um and it i think i got something like five thousand shares on it or something which is just extraordinary um it was my biggest i think it was my most shared post that i've ever done so you just don't know which is good which ones are going to take off and which people are really going to find helpful um and that's so interesting because you didn't like strategically do that knowing that it was going to be your most shared thing it just kind of happened yeah totally um and i think some of the some of the people in my community who've done regional things like um one girl did the best um dog friendly pubs in her local area and that's one of her most visited posts so Mm -hmm. you just don't know what's going to work and what isn't um i just think you need to keep showing up and check with my group i kind of get them to check their stats and have a spreadsheet and check them every month and so they can see you know they can see the benefit of blogging and see the social media followers followers as well increase um but yeah i think just kind of set aside a 
you know, maybe say if you're going to blog once a month or once every two weeks or once a week, just put that time aside and, and give it a go. I was just going to ask you that. Is that how frequently do you recommend someone blogs? I think do, don't, um, don't turn it into something that's going to, it, that's going to overwhelm you and that will be, you know, a task that you're going to hate. Um, if you think you can only blog once a month, set yourself a target of blogging once a month. And then if something happens and you want to blog twice a month, then brilliant. If you think you can do it once a week, then that's fine. And also if you, if you set yourself, if you say I'm going to do it once a week and then you don't do it for a week, you know, it's not the end of the world. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back on the horse and carry on. Um, and then also, you know, you can maybe do a series as well. So if you don't want to, if you're thinking, okay, I want to blog, but I don't want to, you know, say I'm going to do this forever, maybe do a series of five or eight or 10 blogs. Um, over over a quarter or something and just see how you get on yeah I think I like that that's almost like thinking of it as like a season because I know podcasters do this too like some podcasters have a season of like seven or 12 episodes or something and then they take a break for months and then come back with the next season so that's actually a really great way to approach it yeah absolutely so I have to ask you, is, has there been a story, because you have, you, you receive so many stories across your computer and you cover so many, has there been a story that you've covered that was the most touching? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just trying to think. There was this woman in, oh my God, I hope, I hope somebody watch, listens to this and, and reads this story and something amazing happens. So there's this woman in England called Liz and she runs this rescue called Beds for Bullies and it's for English Bull Terriers. Um, and she rescues them from all over the world. So these dogs have had, you know, many of them, they can't be rehomed. They've had terrible things happen to them. Like, you know, one dog had like 50 pellets in his face. Oh. She, like some of them have been in dog, they've been bait in dog fights and they've had horrible, horrible lives. Anyway, there's this wonderful woman called Liz and she rescues them. And every, I first spoke to her when I was doing an investigation into dog fighting and she had two dogs who were used as bait dogs. And I remember that it was, I think it was the first time I cried in an interview. It was about seven years ago. And I was like, oh God, I've cried my eyes out. I'm being really unprofessional, but I'm sorry, Liz, it's just breaking my heart what you're telling me. Um, and then we've stayed in touch and she's in this situation now where she's facing losing a home and it's terrible. And she hasn't, you know, she's put all of her money into this rescue and, um, her landlord is making her landlord is selling the property where she lives so she's desperate for a new home so I think that's kind of the most moving story that I've done because I just really want to help her and yeah. it's just a really desperate situation and people have donated and um, there's a there's an influencer called Rocky the traveler who um, he did like a calendar appeal and other people who are you know linked to the English Bull Terrier breed kind of fan groups and stuff have tried to help her but just feel so desperate sometimes you really want to help people don't you and I just hope some sometimes that somebody reads or listens to something about it because I've done Facebook lives with her and that kind of thing and and someone just steps in and the other one yeah yeah. I think it's amazing though like what a difference you can make just by blogging about someone or posting on social media like you can not only help her but she is helping so many dogs and then you know, if those dogs get adopted out there, improving someone else's life. I mean, it just like has such a ripple effect that it's amazing what a couple social media posts can do. Oh my gosh. Well, that post that gets low, that brings in a lot of traffic and lots of people email me from it rather than the rescue because they think it, they think I'm involved with the rescue. So I know that a lot of dogs have been adopted because people have read that, which is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 I would say is my most moving story. Um, but there's been loads of them. So yeah, I'm just really lucky, I think. We, yeah. we both are to be able to tell these stories, aren't we? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's a really special industry to be in. Um, and it even feels weird to me calling it an industry because I feel like we're more of like a community. <laughs> mm, definitely. Than that. So um, do you, and do you have, you have a dog now? Yes, I've got a dog now. He's called Patch. He is, where is he? He's, oh, he's just having a little sleep on the sofa. Let me show you him. Hang okay. on a minute. <laughs> so he is a terrier. So our old dog Daisy, she was a terrier as well. She was from um, a dog's home. In fact, look at these. You'll like these. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. I know. Aren't they gorgeous? Um, so this is Patch. Patch, be a good boy. Here we go. Here <laughs> oh my he goodness. is. He's, He's so, so cute, cute, isn't he? Look at that waggy tail. So yeah, so that's Patch. He, uh, we adopted him last August. Um, he was on a rehoming page for terriers. Um, on Facebook so that's where we found him and he's just absolutely brilliant we love him and do you know roughly how old he is yeah he's three he um his fam what happened was um his fam his owner um she passed away um, and her family weren't able to keep him because their landlords wouldn't let them have dogs so he's always lived in he's always been he's been really lucky he's always lived with like you know been in a loving home he's not been in a shelter oh good yeah he's he's really lucky daisy our old dog before him she'd been she was found on the streets um so she'd had a bit of a tough time but no patches patches very fortunate bless him he's, he's a lovely boy and does patch have to do any modeling or any appearances on your blog yes he's really good actually when i first got him he was like oh he just wasn't interested but now he knows you know when he gets outfits put on him and that kind of thing he knows he knows how to work it He's very handsome. He loves the camera. He loves having photo shoots. So yeah, he's good. That's so fun. I love it. Well, Rachel, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and learn about all that you do. Um, tell people where they can find you and, and please tell us where people can find your blogging course as well. Okay. So my, so my work website is publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. Um, and then off i think you can find my blog from there actually but my blog is called thepoorpost.co.uk um, and if you go to my publicity site then you can um then you can see about the blogging course as well um so yes i would love to see some um some pet businesses from the states on there as well because we we actually do it late in the evening so it, we could um, we could all chat together um so yeah if you're interested that would be lovely to hear from you and then on social media i'm Rachel Spencer UK um, and my blog is at the poor post UK so I'm, I'm quite easy to find but if you put in Rachel Spencer into Google then you'll find me quite quickly Rachel Spencer and then of course everyone can also go to wearwagrepeat.com and we'll have the show notes for this episode and we'll have all the links so everyone can find everything so thank you so much for being on the show oh thank you it's been so lovely talking to you and thank you for inviting me Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the dog park.